Hello Pittsburgh Steeler fans and welcome to another episode of Britsburg, a voice from across the pond. I hope that you are all well out there in Steeler Nation, wherever you are listening to this, all over Steeler world. I hope that in Pittsburgh you're staying safe. Horrible news yesterday of the bridge collapse. I hope that none of your family, friends and loved ones were involved in that. And I hope everyone is staying warm and safe in Pittsburgh at the moment, given the snowfall and the inclement weather that you are obviously experiencing at this moment in time. Um, over here in the UK, it is around lunchtime. Um, very windy today in the UK. Uh, bright but windy <clears throat> and uh, I want to reflect back on this week so obviously a big week for Steeler Nation a massive week for Steeler Nation um, on the 27th of January not only was it the 120th anniversary of the birth of the Chief Art Rooney Senior our, fa- our first great owner the man who really turned the Pittsburgh Steelers into what we are today um, a man that was known as the chief, the man that without we would not be where we are today. The faith that he showed in the team, the money that he put into the team. <clears throat> and obviously in 1969 when he appointed Chuck Knoll, um, awesome uh, you know, decisions that he made to help this franchise move forward. But on the 27th of January 2021, um, 27 January 2022 keep forgetting the years have moved on <laughs> I think it must be my old age so 27th of January 2022 is a day that will be always remembered in Steeler history um, not only because it was obviously the anniversary of the birth of the chief um, but also because it was the day on which Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger formally announced his retirement Ben has been our quarterback now for 18 years. Um, you know, in living memory, for a lot of Steeler fans out there, especially the younger members of Steeler, Steeler Nation, um, Ben is the only person they remember being our quarterback. Um, they don't remember, some of them don't remember the rough years from between Bradshaw to Ben when we had some really very average quarterbacks, some promising quarterbacks, and some very poor quarterbacks. Um, naming no names obviously at this stage Um, but then along came Ben in 2004 he came along in the draft uh, picked 11th overall from my out of University of Miami Miami Ohio Um, the kid from Finley Ohio was brought to the Pittsburgh Steelers um, he was drafted in a draft that contained some very good other quarterbacks like Eli Manning and Philip Rivers Um, but bringing in Ben to Pittsburgh um, in that first round was a decision that the Steelers have never, ever, ever regretted. Yes, he had a few few um, miss, a few problems in his first few years, but overall Ben has been an absolute superstar legend, um, a Steelers legend. He is one of the, one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history he is one of if not the greatest quarterback in Pittsburgh Steelers franchise history um <clears throat> some of the you know some of the things that Ben has done in his time at Pittsburgh just defy belief um Ben announced with did it with class. I'm so glad that he didn't do a press conference, you know, a la Troy Palomalu or Heinz Ward. Um, I just feel that the way he did it, the way he went out, the way he announced his retirement was absolutely first class, just like the man himself. Absolute class. Um, he was sat on a sofa 
uh, with Ashley, his wife, mm-hmm. and his three children. And he stayed, was talked about it been that he officially retired, says that he retires from football. Um, in the video, there was some clips, obviously, of him with his children. There was also the clip of the uh, fantastic uh, touchdown, game-winning touchdown pass to Santonio Holmes against the Arizona Cardinals um, in Mike Tomlin's Super Bowl victory as our head coach. Um in addition to that, Ben talked about um, how proud he was to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, how he thought of us, thought of Pittsburgh as home, how he talked about the players being not only some of his best friends, but also, as you said in there, to pull on that black and gold shirt with my brothers every Sunday was an honour. And that was fantastic to hear. That's absolutely awesome to hear that, you know, we are a band of brothers. Pittsburgh Steelers are quite unlike any other franchise in the NFL. We are an absolute band of brothers. Um, he also stated that Steeler Nation were the greatest fans in sports, not just in the NFL, but in sports, full stop. Um, you know, the atmosphere in Heinz Field, certainly for that final home game that Ben played, was absolutely rocking. Um, with obviously the chance of thank you, Ben, um, for example, and let's go, Ben. Um, it's been immense. You know, I think seeing that video, seeing that, that tribute, really, that... It it was ch- choking, really, you know, really emotional to see that this is it. You know, I think we have all known, obviously, that Ben was going and this was going to be the end for Ben as Pittsburgh Steelers franchise quarterback. But to actually, you know, I think hear it from his own mouth that he's retiring um, and to hear that that's it. No more Ben Roethlisberger, no more seven. It's just, it's a major thing in franchise history. For me... Um, it's going to be really weird to see somebody else next season um, running out as our quarterback. Um, to see no seven on the sidelines anymore. It's going to be just weird, very, very weird, um, given all that Ben has contributed to the team. You know, he he just he gives so much. At the end of the day, we would not be where we are today. We would not have been to three Super Bowls in recent history. We would not have won two of those Super Bowls. We would not have won three FC Championships. We would not be in the position that we're in where we've had 15 winning seasons under Mike Tomlin and 18, that's right, 18 out of 18 winning seasons with Ben Roethlisberger as our quarterback. Never a losing season for Ben, which is just a fantastic, fantastic achievement, including that 15-1 in his rookie year. So for me, the 27th of January 2022 is a day that will always live in my memory now. Um, as a day, you know, that, that Ben finally left. He, he went, I mean, you know, say what you want about how this year finished for Ben and how he perhaps wasn't playing to his potential, playing as well as he has in the past. But he gave us the best chance to win right up until the very end. Ben gave us the best chance to win. When we had number seven out there, when seven was under centre, you just felt more confidence, uh, more belief in the chance that we had, that we could win that game. For Ben to finish off as he did, um, that last home game, beating the Cleveland Browns and sweeping them, and then that final game that he played in the regular season at M&T Bank Stadium against the Baltimore Ravens, when we swept the Baltimore Ravens, to finish with a record of four and two in the AFC North for Ben is fantastic. And yes, you know, perhaps we didn't cover ourselves in glory in that playoff game against the Kansas City Chiefs. But for me, I'm so glad that Ben had a chance to play one more postseason game for the Steelers. Um, 
there are so many memories about Ben, so many memories. You know, I'm sure out there in Steel Nation, you've all got your own memories of Ben. And, you know, if you want to share any of those, please hit me up on Twitter or contribute to my Facebook group or, or my Facebook page, whatever you want. You know, share your memories of Ben. Um, you know, personally, so many memories. You know, the touchdown pass to San, Anto- San Antonio Holmes in the Super Bowl against the Arizona Cardinals. That absolutely fantastic pinpoint pass over three defenders threading the needle i don't think there's many other quarterbacks in the game that could have made that pass that's how amazing that was um for me the other memories that i've saw about i was you know when uh, the game where jerome bettis fumbled uh, against the colts and ben managed to turn run and tackle the colts player to stop the ball stop him running the length of the field to score a go-ahead touchdown you know, back-to-back six touchdown games when he was beat up and injured. Um, what else? You know, so many other things. The fact that he always gave us a chance. The fact that he was a fighter, a battler. He never gave it, gave up. He, he led for, led 41 fourth-quarter comebacks. He led 53 game-winning drives. Um, and I think, you know, along with the original and best TB12, Terry Bradshaw, he's probably the best quarterback in our franchise history. So for Ben, you now we say goodbye to Ben now and we say thank you to Ben. I think that's the biggest thing we need to do as, as, a, as a franchise, as a, as a nation, um, is say thank you. Thank you to Ben for all you've done for us. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for all your hard work. Thank you for all your sacrifices to steal a nation. You are a hero of mine always will be and you're a hero of so many people out there in Steeler Nation um, I, I think we all you know should need to join together and wish him the happy retirement um, you know with his family with his three children um, and just you know look back at, as we look back um, over the you know over the off season on Ben we look back on those fantastic memories that he gave us I mean what a player what a player Ben was and you know he's going to be missed I'm going to really really miss the guy next year um you know he was he was our quarterback he was my quarterback he was Ben the best okay so that's the first thing other rumors doing the rounds in Steeler Nation this week obviously some uh worrying rumors as regards Juju Smith-Schuster um you know personally I think Juju has to be re-signed. I think he gives us something that no other wide receiver that we've currently got in the roster or in the franchise gives us. You know, he is a tough guy. He is a leader on the field. He has got fantastic hands and very rarely drops the ball. He's a go-to guy on third down. He is the best slot receiver uh, um, in the AFC. He's one of the best. He's our best slot receiver as well. He, you know, he has that long ball threat as well. He's just an all-round class receiver. I think we need to try and extend and re-sign him. However, we're in rumour this week that he was interested in looking at the Kansas City Chiefs. Personally, reflecting on that, I think that would be a mistake. Yes, you know, there's a temptation there because of obviously playing with Patrick Mahomes. But I just feel that, you know, if he stayed with the Steelers, he's got more of an opportunity to play more of a part in the offence. If you look at the Kansas City Chiefs offence, you know, Patrick Mahomes... His primary targets are Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. He's also got, um, obviously, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well, which uses the running game and for the short passing opportunities. But not only that, he's got you know, Byron Pringle, Hardman. He's got some you know, other options around there. And for me, would 
would Juju get the opportunities that he gets in Pittsburgh? Would he get the opportunity to play as to get as many snaps as he does in Pittsburgh and have the ball thrown to him as many times? I don't think he would. Um, I think he'd be certainly playing third fiddle for definite to Tyreek and to uh, Tyreek Hill and to Travis Kelsey. So I'm really hoping that that's just a, a rumour made up by the media and there's no truth in it whatsoever. <coughs> also this week, another. this is going to be, uh, before I say this next piece of news that, I've, that I heard yesterday, this is going to be a massive huge historical off-season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you think about this, not only are we looking for a new defensive coordinator, more of that shortly, we're looking for a new quarterback. Who is our new quarterback going to be? Is it going to be Mason? God help us. Is it going to be Dwayne Haskins? Is it going to be a free agent? Is it going to be a rookie? Who is it going to be? Is it going to be Joshua Dobbs? Who knows? I'm happy to put together a pod um, uh, in, a, in a few days' time as regards quarterback options and what we could do at quarterback going forward. So that's the first thing. But, you know, not only that, not only are we looking for a new DC, a new quarterback, not only are we looking for all those things, not only have we got needs on the offensive line, we need to rebuild a defensive line, we could well look to rebuild, um, especially given the news around Stefan Tuitt this week. But, but... We need, you know, might also need a new cornerback if we don't retain Keller Witherspoon and Joe Hayden. We've got so many needs, but only now, just now as well, we're going to need a new general manager. It was announced yesterday that after um, <clears throat> a long time with the franchise, over 20 odd years with the franchise, Kevin Colbert is stepping down as GM to take a much lesser role in the team. This will be after the 2022 draft. Obviously, um, one of Colbert's specialties is the draft um, and doing good deals in free agency and in the draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Colbert is going to go. Now Art Rooney II, when interviewed, said obviously that Brandon Hunt, um, Colbert's right-hand man, and Omar Khan, who is our numbers, our guy, our cap guy, um, have all, all be interviewed as internal candidates for the job of general manager which <clears throat> I think is fantastic. They're two very, very able, able men. But like I said, not only that, have we got the opportunity of, say, Brandon Hunt or Omar Khan taking the GM role or them doing something with the front office where Hunt and Khan work together and the GM role is kind of split between uh, scouting and obviously the money side of things, which would suit these two. But Art Rooney II also mentioned that the Steelers would also be looking at external candidates and looking for the best person for the job. So we need a new defensive coordinator, we need a new quarterback, we need a new GM. Um, you know, big, big change for the Steelers this offseason. It's going to be a massive offseason. It's going to be a very exciting offseason. You know, probably the most movement in this franchise's history of recent times. Something I'm really looking forward to and um, really looking forward to sharing with you here on Britsburg, a voice from across the pond. So, not only was the, so we've got the GM news, Ben's retirement news, um, there was also a rumour doing the swirling, doing the rounds that uh, Devin Bush's fifth year is not going to be picked up um, next season personally I think this would be a huge mistake you know Devon's come back from an ACL injury and yes he didn't play as well um, you know for the first few weeks or the majority of the weeks of last season however for me Devon was starting by the end to get back to somewhere near um, where he was previously you know, not spot on there yet, but getting there. You know, a lot of people who play the game say that it takes at least one season for you to come back from an ACL injury. You know, an ACL injury is a massive thing. You know, he had to have surgery on that. He had to reconstruct it. But it's not just making that knee 
um, and those ligaments fit and healthy again to actually play the game and strong enough to play the game. It's also a mental thing. It's also a trust thing. Knowing that you know we have the trust in that knee to be able to change direction quickly, to move quickly, like Devon Bush. Devon Bush's game relies on you know Devon Bush is not the biggest guy he relies on his speed and his quickness and his agility to get around the park the other thing of course that you've got to remember is that Devon his first two years up until obviously the ACL injury against the Cleveland Browns in 2020 um, was playing behind a much stronger O-line with Hayward, Aloalo and Tuit. This year, he's played behind a much weakened offensive line, meaning that offensive linemen have been able to get into that second level and get into the linebackers. Devon Bush is not strong enough. He's not built in the same mould as a Vince Williams to take on offensive linemen. So obviously, therefore, he has suffered. You know, I think that next season, we could be in a place in position where we refuse him in his fifth year. He comes out and he's back if we rebuild the defensive line as well and he gets that trust back in his knee. We're we're facing somewhere where we were the Devon Bush of his rookie and sophomore season. Then he's going to cost us a whole lot more money or we're going to lose him to another team, which is not good. So personally, I don't think we should be saying now uh, or anytime soon whether we're going to decline that fifth year. Um, we certainly need to give him the start of next season to come back and show us exactly where he is in that recovery. So that's another piece of news, obviously, that came out of Steeler Nation yesterday. Um, so, or another rumour, sorry, shall I say, coming out of Steeler Nation. A lot of rumours, a lot of, you know... Um, Things, a lot of things circulating coming out of the Pittsburgh Steelers at this moment in time. As regards um, the another piece of news, Art Rooney the second also confirmed that Matt Canada will be back for another year. Um, obviously, there's a lot of mixed feelings around Matt Canada at this moment in time. A lot of Steeler fans saying that they want rid of him, that it's time for him to go, that he doesn't really um, he doesn't really fit the bill anymore. Um, but the thing, you know, you've got to say about Matt Canada is, you know, okay, let's have a look at those figures first of all. So, points per game, we were ranked 21st. Not good enough. Yards per game, we were ranked 23rd. Again, not good enough. Yards per game, 28th. Red zone t- touchdown percentage, we were 23rd. Thank God we had Boz. Passing yards per attempt, we were 30th. That may have been somewhere around about the inability of our team to open the running game up and also in in the fact that Ben wasn't the same Ben that he was at the start of his career, or even right up until about 2016, 2017. Rushing, we were 29th, which supposed to step forward from 32nd, where we were the um, previous year, thank heavens for small miracles. And average yards per play, we came 26th in the NFL. So, a lot of time I felt last year, Matt Canada was a lot using square pegs in round holes, and he didn't really scheme for what he had got. So do we say, therefore, that a good coordinator needs to scheme for what he's got, to scheme, to change his scheme, to change his way of doing things, depending on the players he's got? Uh, the offense last year, last season, was exceptionally poor. You know, in that Kansas City game, the defense for those first 20 minutes really gave us an opportunity to get into that game and do well in that game. And the offense just could not take it. They could not move the ball. And therefore... The defence got gassed and the Chiefs came back and the Chiefs offence then turned up, went through the gears and obliterated us. So, with this possibility of the rebuild coming now, where, where as even Art Rooney himself, Art Rooney II said the other day that we need a mobile quarterback. If we can get a mobile quarterback, if we can rebuild our own line, does that give Matt Canada a chance to prove himself? 
you know, I said at the start of the season that I don't think we'd see the best of Matt Canada until, and I can't believe I'm still saying this, until we get a quarterback that suits his scheme, a mobile quarterback. I love Ben Roethlisberger as a quarterback, but he was not mobile in that last season, not mobile at all. A lot of the time, he looked like a newborn deer running through cement. He really did struggle. He looked like he was running in slow-mo a lot of the time. And we've got some good young offensive weapons as well coming through. Obviously, Najee Harris, Pat Freyamuth. Um, obviously, with long side dive, you put in DJ. If we can sort out the drops, uh, Deontay Dropson, as I heard him called the other day. Uh, if Chase Claypool can get somewhere back to where he was in his rookie year, it gives us some great weapons. Get a mobile quarterback, rebuild the O-line, then we may see the best of the Canada scheme. The Canada scheme relies on running the ball. We couldn't run the ball last year, despite the fact that Najee got 1,200 yards rushing, which was amazing behind what was a fairly garbage offensive line. Could you imagine if it was a half-decent offensive line, how many yards he would get? If we had a great offensive line, I think Najee would hit 2,000 yards. Not a problem. So, if Matt Canada has that next year, we really do need to see him step up and prove to us that Art Run in second and Mike Tomlin have made the right decision in retaining him. The other thing to consider, obviously, is that um, Jeffrey Benedict of Beth Behind a Steel Curtain did a brilliant podcast the other day um, from the cutting room floor. He also wrote a super article as well on www.behindthesteelcurtain.com. Go check it out. Um, talking about how the Buffalo Bills run the Matt Canada system. The biggest difference, obviously, is the Buffalo Bills have a very good offensive line and they have a young, mobile quarterback. They have Josh Allen. Josh Allen, obviously, has been compared to Ben in his early years. So, put Josh Allen into that offense, better offensive line, would we look better? Yes, I think we would. So, let's give this offseason, let's see what happens over this offseason. If we can get in a more mobile quarterback, a younger, more mobile quarterback, whether that's a rookie in the draft, whether that's a free agent like a Mariota, a Jameis Winston, for example, someone like that, Teddy Bridgewater, who's a lot more young, a lot more mobile than Ben, maybe then we can see the best of the Matt Canada system and whether it's worth persisting with Matt. You know, this is a rebuild. Mass, this is still a rebuild for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And no, we don't do tank rebuilds. We don't do Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston Texan style rebuilds where everything just falls apart. That's not who we are as a franchise. So maybe Matt Canada, and again, I can't believe I'm saying this, deserves the benefit of the doubt. You know, I was really ready to come on here on this podcast and absolutely slaughter him to destroy him. And then I heard Jeffrey Bonadick's podcast. And it really got me thinking, you know, if the Bills are running the same type of offense, but the only difference is that they have a better O-line and they have a young mobile quarterback. We've got a better running back in the Bills. We've got receivers who I think potentially are as good as, as uh, Stefan Diggs and Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Our tight ends, Zach Gentry, Pat Freyamuth, are as good as the Bills tight ends. So it really got me thinking, if we could get that young mobile quarterback, if we could rebuild our O-line, and then we could see whether the Matt Canada system is going to work, then make a really informed decision next off-season as to what's going to happen with him. I know this is all hypotheticals, all down to potentials, whatever, but it's something we've got to consider, I think, especially now as Matt Canada is staying as offensive coordinator. Whether, whether you like that or whether you don't like that, the guy is staying staying put. He ain't going anywhere, guys. So let's see what happens then if 
we put in place that mobile quarterback and that rebuild on the offensive line. Go out and draft a couple of rookies to go on that offensive line. Get a couple of experienced people. And if Tyler Linderbaum is there at 20, bite his hand off and get him into black and gold again. He looks good in the black and gold of Iowa. Let's get him in the black and gold of Pittsburgh. So, one coordinator's role that is open, obviously, is defensive coordinator. Now, the defensive coordinator role obviously has... Um, a lot of uncertainty swirling it. There's a lot of rumours going around, obviously, and appear to be confirmed by Keith Butler that Mike Tomlin calls the majority of the plays on the defence and has done since the last few years of Dick LeBeau era. Um, this, of course, puts us in a position where outside candidates, often obviously the outside candidates might not want to come to Pittsburgh because they might not want to play second fiddle to the head coach. They may want, obviously, to put their own stamp on things, bring their own scheme into place and really prove themselves as a as a very good defensive coordinator with a view to getting a head coaching job. Now, the Steelers have talked about having a new approach to things. Does that mean they're going to take those responsibilities away from Mike Tomlin? Maybe give Mike Tolley more of that CEO role overseeing the offense and defense rather than specifically calling plays. So obviously Terrell Austin is the favorite. Our defensive backs coach Terrell Austin who came to us from the Detroit Lions. Uh, Terrell Austin obviously did a pretty decent job with the Lions as defensive coordinator. Not such a good job um, obviously with the uh, Bengals. But that's one possibility. There's also three external candidates been mentioned. Um, a guy called a guy called Witt from the Dallas Cowboys, who is a defensive backs coach, who spent the majority of his time with the Packers. Um, seen as a young and promising coach coming up. The first name, obviously, that was mentioned this week was Patrick Graham, who is the defensive coordinator of the Giants. There was a lot of moaning and groaning uh, made when this announcement was made, given how poor the Giants were last year. And the fact that the Giants' defence did nothing particularly brilliant, giving up 354.8 yards per game. Uh, we gave up 367.6, just for a note. Uh, they gave up 24.5 points per game. We gave up 24.4. They only had 38 sacks. Um, but Patrick Graham is very highly thought of. He comes from the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Between 2009 and 2015, he was with the New England Patriots, where he fulfilled roles like defensive assistant, linebackers coach, and D-line coach and learnt from and worked alongside Bill Belichick, who is one of the best defensive minds in the NFL. He then went to the New York Giants between 2016 and 2017 as D-line coach before going to the Packers in 2018 as linebacker coach and run game coordinator. In 2019, he became the Dolphins defensive coordinator and didn't have the best of seasons. But at that point, the Dolphins really were going through a massive fire sale. That was the year that Minka was traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he wasn't the only one. In 2020, Patrick Graham took up the Giants defensive coordinator job um, and is currently apparently interviewing for head coaching jobs as well as defensive coordinator jobs. Um, he's been mentioned as a possibility to take over as the head coach of the New York Giants. So that obviously shows how highly he's thought of. Um, he is a very highly thought of candidate by a number of people within the NFL. Um, and given the fact that he is from the Belichick defensive stable, that obviously gives him a little bit of cadence, a little bit of credence and a little bit of gravitas in this hunt for a new defensive coordinator. The third and final member was one of the guys who worked with the Legion of Boom. Yes, that classic Seattle Seahawks secondary and defensive backs. A guy called Chris Richard, who is currently defensive backs coach for the New Orleans Saints. 
again this was uh, slightly crowded but uh, cloud not crowded clouded even by the fact that this week sean payton stepped down um as new orleans saints head coach so obviously there's a lot of uncertainty in new orleans they're going to be looking for a new head coach who may who may very well want to bring in his own staff or somebody may be promoted from within Chris Richard has done a good job with the New Orleans secondary this year. The secondaries look very, very, very good for New Orleans this year, despite the fact that New Orleans missed out on the playoffs. And Chris Richard spent the majority of his time with the Seattle Seahawks, who, up until very recently, obviously, um, have been a very good, sound defensive side. And like I said, he was one of the coaches that worked with the Legion of Boom, which obviously was the um, secondary and defensive backs when the Seattle Seahawks won their most recent Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos. I think it was 43 to 10 or 43 to 8. I think 43 to 10 seems to ring a bell um, against the Denver Broncos. So, three cast possible candidates there um, alongside Terrell Austin. Patrick Graham, Witt, uh, I think Jay Witt or something like that the guy's called, um, and obviously Chris Richard. So there's a lot of... Um, speculation circling as regards our next defensive coordinator who that's going to be and what caliber of person is and also what degree he's going to be given control over the defense whether mike tomlin is going to continue to call the plays that of course like i said may rule out an external candidate who may not want to come in and play second fiddle to the head coach so interesting times there so as you can see, so far, this off-season has started with a real bang for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger retiring, Kevin Colbert announcing that he's stepping down, rumours surrounding Juju Smith-Schuster, Devin Bush, obviously Keith Butler retiring, and then you search for a new defensive coordinator. The fact that we're going to retain Matt Canada is by a pretty appalling season from the offensive coordinator standpoint. But as I've said, um, it's a situation we've got to think of in terms of now giving him the type of players that he needs to set up and use his system, his offensive system. Okay, a system that was never really going to work with a quarterback like Ben in the last years of his career um, at the Pittsburgh Steelers, despite how amazing, obviously, Ben is. Um, this weekend, obviously, we go, We even though we're in our off-season, there are still four teams active in the NFL. The AFC Championship game, the Chiefs versus the Bengals. Um lot of um, strange takes from Steeler Nation I've heard this week. Uh, first strange take that I heard this week um, was that um, some Steelers fans were considering rooting for the Bengals this weekend. Um, do you forget that the Bengals were the team that when Ben Roethlisberger went off on a cart, the fans were throwing rubbish at him? Um, that when he, when he was in the motorbike accident, some Bengals fans tweeted that they hoped he died. Um, and the fact they are our AFC North rivals. I mean, certainly in this country, we would never cheer for one of our arch rivals. Um, by the same token, I know Patrick Mahomes is goddamn annoying. And the Chiefs, I don't really want to see them in a third Super Bowl. In fact, I think I tweeted the other day, can they not just both lose and the Niners versus the Rams be considered the Super Bowl? Um, personally, I'm going to call that as a Chiefs victory. I think it's going to be a lot closer than team than people think. You know, if you remember back to the last few weeks of the regular season when the Bengals actually beat the Chiefs. Um, and if the Bengals want to beat the Chiefs again, they need to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hand and certainly not give him an opportunity with a minute or so left to actually win the game. But for me, I think the Chiefs are going to win that game in a close one. 
the most fascinating game I think is in the NFC where the 49ers who've beaten the Rams in their last seven meetings uh, play the all-star Harlem Globetrotter LA Rams with Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, Matt Stafford, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, you know, real who's who of NFL stars. So I think, that's going to, I think that game is going to be a lot tighter than people think it's going to be, um, given that the 49ers seem to be sailing under a lucky start at this moment in time. Niners very much more defensive-based um, team. Some people have said that the Niners are the sort of team that we should be styling ourselves on, um, given the fact they're very defensively dominated. They're very run-game-heavy um, team, something that we can perhaps take on next season, given the fact we've got Najee Harris and obviously some very good defensive stars. Um, I think that probably this is going to end up with a Rams victory in a close one. So Rams-Chiefs Super Bowl for me. But one thing to remember is there has been two previous Niners versus Bengals Super Bowls, both of which the Niners have won. In fact, 1988 is the first Super Bowl I remember. Uh, Joe Montana leading that game-winning drive, throwing the touchdown pass. I think it was to John Taylor. Someone like Taylor, anyway, a 20-16 victory in that Super Bowl. Um, Joe Montana, obviously, um, no matter what you think of other franchises, is probably one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. Um, so that's another thing to think about. Is there going to be a third Niners-Bengals Super Bowl? Uh, I certainly hope the Bengals don't make it to the Super Bowl. Um, so that's this weekend, the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game. Um, after some exceptional surprises in the divisional round but what a divisional round it was i hope you enjoyed that um, and one of the greatest things obviously to come out of that was the fact that tom brady is not going to win and the super bowl now he's actually thinking of retiring he talked about needing to consult with his family with giselle and the kids and going with what they wanted so maybe a possibility that bet that um that Tom Brady will retire this year, so that will be Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady. Although I know there's some Steeler fans certainly hoping that Tom Brady plays for at least one more year, so that if Ben is a first ballot Hall of Famer, he doesn't go in in the same class as Tom Brady, um, given the status and the way that Tom Brady is talked about at present in the NFL. Um, so... That's as much of the news as I'm going to share for now. I don't want to drone on for too long and bore you. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. I hope that's got you thinking. If you've got something to contribute, something to add, something you want to talk to me about, please feel free. I'm always willing to get into a conversation with anyone about the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of my favourite topics to talk about. Um, you can contact me on Instagram at BritsburgOwen or on Twitter at eSteelerNation, BritsburgOwenDavid, or come on to Pittsburgh. Facebook, look for me. My name is Britsburg Owen David on there. Send me a friend request if you're a Steeler. Any Steelers member of Steelers Nation is a friend of mine. Or join my group, Pittsburgh Voice from Across the Pond. I think we're up to 485 members now, closing up on 500, which is absolutely amazing. I'm so chuffed with that. And I'm so thankful to all those people who've joined my uh, group and really um, helped me, helped build that group up. It's something, you know, that at the moment, it's going through a really tough time in my personal life. It's something that um, has really helped and really, you know, has given me something to work on and concentrate on. In the, my my um, e email, if you want to drop me an email about the Steelers or about some questions you'd like me to address on podcasts, my email is odpukstealernation78, that's 78, at gmail.com. Um, also on YouTube, 
as well. Please, please, please get in touch uh, with anything you want to talk about or want me to bring up on my podcasts. Um, this new media platform that I've got, Voice from Across the Pond, Britsburg, is certainly something I'm trying to build. I'm taking it really seriously. I've also got Penn's content on there, Pittsburgh Penguins, with my um, Pittsburgh Penguins UK View uh, group on Facebook and my Pittsburgh Penguins UK 2315 on Instagram. Um, I love talking about Pittsburgh sports, obviously mostly about the Steelers. The Steelers are my favourite thing to talk about. Um, thank you for listening again. Uh, thank you for what you've done um, for me. Hopefully get some podcasts out in the next few days about the quarterback situation. Uh, the O-line and rookies, uh, the drafts, uh, draft situation further down the line as well. Um, maybe some exciting news coming with um, a link up with Behind the Steel Curtain. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Okay, it's a little taste, tantalising taster there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all your support. And as I finish it, as I always do with Here We Go Steelers. <laughs>